All right, we are rolling now. Counting us down. Three, two. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be movies, music, television, spoken word, books, experiences, things that have built us up as people, and we hope that in sharing it, it builds you up. We are the retrospective that's introspective. That was such an affecting summation of what we do here. I got so excited, so overstimulated that a massive, mechanical, horrifying protrusion very nearly protruded from my head. Uh, yeah, I'd ha- I tend to have that fe- effect. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's fucked up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it always turns out well in the end. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> today- any excuse to club a child with a guitar. <laughs> Doodaloo, doo doo. Uh, today we're talking about FCL. No, FLCL. It's really hard for me not to just say fully coolie. Um, it is, by the way, important to, to clarify we are talking about a show. We do not advocate clubbing children with musical instruments of any kind. Right. Only baby seals. And if you're, if you're, gu- what? Huh? What? What'd no, you say? Not baby seals. Oh, yes. Baby seals uh, are far less of a uh, destructive force than people are. I don't know. Like, if a baby can go through that kind of training and uh, live on a boat, then why not treat them like an adult? Because they're not. What? Because they're not. But, like, they went through the SEAL training. <laughs> Baby SEAL Team 6. I, okay. <laughs> I, I, see, I see where you went. You led me blindly <laughs> to our destination. And when we arrived, I realized uh, the horrors were limitless. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. The horrors keep going. <laughs> um, so, this was my pick for the week. Uh, as you know, I like to make Lex watch anime. You sure do. Yeah, it uh, brings me joy, and also it allows me to share anime with people, which I love doing. Um, so, uh, Fully Coolie, if you're unfamiliar, is uh, a series created by Kazuya Surumaki, uh, and he uh, he took a lot of care with this series. He oversaw the dub himself. Um, and he really wanted to try to, uh, I would say not subvert anime tropes, but like try to break the rules of what you could and couldn't do in anime. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's why you have a lot of the weird animation changes. You have the meta-ness to it. And also, uh, like in addition to being very beautifully drawn, it's also very like slice of lifey and so there's a lot of different things at play here uh and he was really trying to push the envelope one could say Mm. um but it's also a story about adolescence and growing up and trying to uh find your way into manhood uh and so i made lex watch it because he likes weird stuff and he likes slice of life things. It's true. You the, hearing you refer to it as slice of life, I think, is interesting because you are not usually a slice of life guy. Yes, 
Uh, well, I'm here for the robot fights. I'm here for the the weird sex innuendos <laughs> um, and the idea of someone trying to iron out the wrinkles in your brain. Like, that's the stuff I'm there for. All the other things, I don't think I really cared about until I was an adult watching it being like, oh, I get where Takun's coming from. Sure. Uh, when did this show debut? Uh, it debuted in 2003. Okay. Yeah. So uh, 2003 in Japan, 2004 in America um, on the, I can't remember if it was Adult Swim or Toonami Block. Um, it's always one of those. Yeah. I think it was Adult Swim because Toonami took a long break. Like it stopped airing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also a more adult oriented animation. So right. it definitely feels like an Adult Swim joint. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, oh, I guess I should pitch it. I feel like I just did, though. I feel like that was a solid. That was a, it. Was like that plus monster fights, basically. Right. Um, so, Lex, this was your first time watching. Like, what's the deal? What did you think? So, okay, uh, like you said, the intention was to subvert standard anime tropes. Now, yeah. uh, as we've established and reestablished and reestablished on this show, I'm not really an anime person. I've seen a chunk of it right uh, many uh samplings from the the medium the form but i am not, i've not internalized those tropes so to see them subverted to see those rules broken does not carry with it the same significance for me because i don't have that that point of reference right having said that they do some legitimately very entertaining stuff in this. Uh, yeah. Yes, there's the meta stuff. Yes, there's uh, uh, the bonkers robot fights. This strange, almost Cronenbergian melding of man and machine where one literally emerges from the other and and by the end, spoilers, vice versa. Uh, all that stuff is bonkers. I think they do some really interesting things with camera. It's animation. There's no camera. But with the <laughs> way, you know, they're simulating camera motions. Yeah. Really fun. I mean, it was genuinely entertained the the whole time. Yeah. And having said all that, I have... Uh, what did I... Wa- what was that? What was happening? Like, what was... <laughs> that? I felt so, yes, entertained, but utterly bewildered. And Tari J, I am an American. And when I don't understand something, I become very fearful. Oh, no, I get it. And that leads to anger. And anger leads to suffering. <laughs> suffering leads to the dark side of the force. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do on this show now. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Frank Oz. <laughs> Frank Oz somewhere in the valley is like, hey. <laughs> um, this, I mean, I think that like at at its core, the show is a metaphor. Do you, do you get it? Do you get the metaphor uh, for adolescence? Yes. Um, well, yes. Uh, I, I don't think it's a huge leap to suggest that the uh, the the phallic protrusion from his forehead may be symbolic of something or other. Oh, I don't even think I got that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So what you watched, I think, in essence, is I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, a lot of moments that you could take as being real or not within this. Right. Like the whole thing is the whole thing cycles around this kid named, named Naota. Mm. Um and this is for the audience. This isn't for you. You watched it. No, um, honestly, I probably need this. As much as anybody, <laughs> I probably need it. Um, and Naoto's a very, he's a very shy kid. Mm. Um, and he doesn't have a lot of, I don't, I feel like he doesn't have a lot of like self-worth. 
because um, he, he keeps hanging out with Mamimi, who is his brother's girlfriend, and she is kind of taking advantage of him in that he's the closest thing to um, his brother that she can find, and so she'll start necking with him. Yeah. Um, which, is, you know, it's kind of messed up, it's but like... It's pretty messed up. It, right. But if you don't have a lot of, like, value in yourself, then then you know, you'll take what you can get. Right. Um, and then he meets this pretty much otherworldly character who has taken to him. She's, he, she says the things that he wants to hear. Like, I only want to be with you and I'm here. And like, but like her intentions are also dubious. Yes. Um, so he's still in the end kind of getting taken advantage of until he, and this is a kind of a spoiler, but like until he, kind of takes it back in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and so like it's, it's a story of someone gaining their confidence through people who are kind of manipulating him and, and finding his own worth and so, value. So I, now having, having heard all of that, the way you just phrased it, I can actually track the story of this thing now. And I appreciate that you could watch it on a purely surface level right where it's just all crazy monster fights and what why is this thing coming out of this dude's head why is this chick so mean to him but yeah there's a whole lot going on uh, under that layer yeah uh, I, and i appreciate it's part of why uh like for example i like the movie hereditary so much like i think it was one of the best movies that came out last year uh because yes it's on the surface genuinely unsettling horror movie but yeah. all of that is allegory for for trauma for pain for the way that trauma is passed uh in an almost hereditary fashion from one generation to the next mm -hmm. so anytime you can take these big uh crazy over-the-top otherworldly genre elements and actually use them to say something i'm a big fan of that i feel oh, like yeah. that's that's a win every time <laughs> So I feel like uh, we can't really talk about it anymore without, uh, you know, going into spoilers. So we will do that. We're going to be dropping the spoiler wall. Yeah, if we didn't sell you on head protrusions, uh, you know, I mean, like, go, go, check it out. Check it out. Watch it. Come back. Check it out. Check uh, it. Check it. Check things. Check, <laughs> check out my mem check melodies. <laughs> um, and while you are reaching for the dial, we have a review. So I thought I'd read that really quickly. What? Somebody likes us? Hell oh, wait, yeah. You didn't say it was a good review. Um, yeah. One star review. <laughs> um, it just says, what the fuck are these people talking about? <laughs> Is that actually the review? <laughs> no. <laughs> because that's fair. Uh, I mean, yes. Very fair. <laughs> um, no. Uh, the review is from... Yeah, for sure, which is the person's username. All right. And the review is really interesting. Five stars. Great deep dives. Check it out or you're missing out. Why don't uh, we need to hire this guy? I know. Or girl. Don't or, be sexist. Or person. That's true. I've got to gotta check my, uh, my personal biases. Yeah. Uh, what is the name again? It's yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, yes, for sure. I do need to <laughs> check my biases. Uh, well, uh, uh Hello, thank you for your kind words. Uh, we we should probably hire you to do publicity for us. That's way, but I can't sell us that well. Yeah, seriously. People are like, what what is your show about? I'm like, they're <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you vomiting on me? Yeah, um, and it's it's crazy because that always gets them. They're like, can I be on this show? Can I can I be there? I want to be in the room where it happens. <laughs> It's like, I will do your show if you stop vomiting. <laughs> this is exactly, this is exactly the show that 
yeah for sure is is referring to definitely super interesting super great deep we dives definitely go down rabbit holes <laughs> anyway that's awesome thank you thank you for uh for for saying some nice things yeah thank you and uh if you guys out there listening would like for to hear your reviews read on the show um we do that you just have to go onto itunes google play store um we're also on stitcher spotify and iHeartRadio. Um, leave us a comment. Uh, let us know what you think of the show, and we will share it with the world. Yeah, for sure. See, I knew you were going to do that. Yeah, I knew. I knew you were going to use that as a as a as a little tag on here <laughs> to assert to drive it all home. And and yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, give us give us a, a DM us DM us. We need <laughs> we need a good publicist. <laughs> They're like, I just, I just like listening. Yes, I don't like, want to do fucking, work. This is supposed to be a passive activity for me. <laughs> I actually wrote a review. That right. was, I went so far outside of my comfort zone. To, I'm sure you're very nice and active. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, um, but, but seriously, right. thank you. It means a lot. Every time somebody says something nice, it means a lot that people are listening. Because if you guys aren't listening, if we have no audience, we don't really have a show. We're just two weirdos talking to each other in a room. Right. Uh, so now the spoiler wall is down. And three, two, one. Um, so, Lex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, so what did you feel about the story as a whole? Um, I mean, you said that you had, you, like, it was a lot to take in. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of different random shit going on. Um, like, you have uh, the Haruku. Haruka. Uh, yep. That's the name. Hank. We're going to call him Hank. We're gonna, no. Um, Haruko, the the lady on the Vespa. We call her Hank. Yes. Um, we have Hank, <laughs> um, who basically, uh, the, the story they give is that she's from another plane of existence or another planet, and she's in love with this otherworldly being, and so she's trying to summon him into our world because he's been like he's been imprisoned by uh, medical mechanica um yep all that so so many words so simple Those interesting words <laughs> what's what's that one mean um you know sinister organization it like it feels like uh he's like all right i need this shady organization and it needs to sound um you know real corporate and you're like, medical mechanica. Hell yeah. It's like, nailed it in one. Alliterative. <laughs> it's the fucking Marvel Comics school of naming things. Oh, yeah. Just, it's it's alliteration and uh, uh, vowels and hard consonants. Mm-hmm. So it's a word, basically. Of Yes, indeed. Yes. Some words have vowels and consonants. Did you know? No. This what That's what Yeah For Sure is talking about when they say our show is so interesting. Look <laughs> at what I just revealed to you and shit. Yeah, I'm, I learn something every time this show happens. Like, I thought I knew English and shit, and yeah. I'm learning all the time. Sometimes there's vowels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was dumb. That was um, unnecessary. No, it was great. It was great. You know, you know you're great. Aw. Uh. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I, I wouldn't believe you, but yeah, for sure confirmed it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, Haruko, Haruko fucking names. Um, Haruko comes in and ruins Naoto's life. Um, they basically go like the first interaction is she hits him in the face with a guitar 
And then by the last episode, they're basically sleeping on the street together. Yeah. Um, I don't for for reasons unknown. Like there's okay. There's, so it wasn't just me. No. Got it. Because I was like, why, yeah. Why are they? Why are we here now? And I thought I must have missed something. This must be some strange anime trope being subverted, and I don't have context <laughs> for it. I mean, she she herself is a wanderer, and I think that at that point he had. In, in, not invested so much of himself, but like he had attached his own value to her so much that like he was willing to go as far as she would take him. And it was on the streets because I like I feel like that's the fir- the first time you see Haruko outside of her big weird persona. In that like you could imagine that when she's not crashing at his place, she is just like sleeping on the streets in search of her next target or her next method of trying to do her goal. Right. Um, And so I think that that was the first time the glamour of the idea of this woman coming in and being like, oh boy, I'm this sweet, sexy thing. And realizing that like she is not what she appears to be. And it's an uncomfortably relatable facet of, young love right like i feel like most of us have been in a place where we were young and we were we were looking for that connection that validation and you end up putting somebody on a pedestal and idealizing them and like like uh homeboy does uh following this person uh, near blindly out of this out of this need out of this uh, idealization of that person to your own detriment yeah and i feel like a lot of people have been there right um yeah i mean it's it's hard because you don't know how to set boundaries at that point. Right. Um, I think it's, it's easy to want to just dive in head first and, and like just throw everything you have into the, into that relationship. Cause you don't necessarily know what's good for you or the other person. Right. Um, and, and it's unfortunate for him that he is throwing himself at these people who don't have his best interests at heart. Yep. Which, again, is something that I feel a lot of people, unfortunately, can relate to. Right. Um, Which I feel like brings us into his relationship with Mamimi, which, like, it it feels like one of those traditional, oh, man, boyhood friendship kind of things. And you're like, man, these two are totally going to end up together. Right. But, like, when you really look at their relationship, she doesn't listen to him. She only really cares about herself and what she wants and so like there it's as small as those moments when when they get something from the vending machine Mm. and she's like this is for you takun and he's like i don't like sour stuff and she just keeps doing it because i assume that like maybe his brother does and so she's just trying to fulfill that like i think even the reason why she calls him takun is because his brother also has a Ta starting name. Mm-hmm. And you could assume that that's what she called his brother as well. Yeah. Um, and that's also why he probably hates it. Yeah. Because it's... it's just rubbing in his face that, like, he's not the one that she wants, even if he likes her. It's all super unhealthy. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that we get to explore that in such, like... If you weren't interested in that piece, it, it won't be going on too long because soon a robot's going to come out and uh, fuck some shit up. Yep. But uh, that, I think, is the most interesting aspect of it, how real these relationships are and how flawed these characters are. Yes. And and 
like none of them are painted in very good of a light. Like even your main character, Naota, um, he's he's kind of a hothead. He doesn't really know what he wants. He's kind of just wandering and 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 flailing through life. Um, and even before, even like by the end, there's this moment when he uh, gets in the goddamn robot, mm-hmm. which is a fun reference. Guys, you get it. Hey, you get it. Um, it's an Ava reference. I'm just quietly shaking my head. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm big, big grin and shaking head. Um, so on the internet, you'll hear people say, get in the goddamn robot. It's a reference to Evangelion, um, okay. which this show also makes a reference to. I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, so he when when he dumps Mamimi or is basically like, I don't want any more of this relationship anymore. And he uh, gets in the robot. There's that moment when he's just super cocky. Mm-hmm. He's like, only I can do this thing. And only I am the one who's going to save this world. Um, because he he's at the point where he is overcompensating for his lack of, of value. Right. Yeah. And again, that all feels incredibly relatable. And you talk about how everybody is at best painted as very complex and not necessarily a quote unquote good character or bad character. Right. In that respect, and you've you've shown me a bunch of anime and we've talked about it uh, on this show. Yeah. Y'all can go back and listen to listen to that. Listen to Tara try and try and drop some science on me. Uh, <laughs> but in in that respect, these the the people in this story feel more like people to me than the characters in a lot of anime that I have seen. Yeah. And I don't know not not being as versed by far as you in in that world i don't know how common that is or isn't i think it varies from show to show like shows that are specifically like slice of life is a specific anime genre there are things that take place just in the lives of individuals like there's this one called nana which uh is it follows this girl who's the lead singer of a band and her interpersonal relationships in the music industry and also uh, dealing with her love life with the lead singer of this other band. And then you meet her friend, Ahachi. Um, these are these are dumb anim- uh, Japanese jokes in that Nana means seven and Hachi means eight. Okay. Um, but uh, you meet Hachiko and she uh, she's, I would say, the most human out of all of them. And that, like, she's so nervous and she lives in this world that is much bigger than she is. And she's kind of, she's like the main singer's best friend. And so she's part of this world, but she's not really. And so she gets caught up in a lot of the traps that you would find. Like, she falls in love with this guy who's a playboy. And she thinks that, like, they're going to be together forever. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, that's not, he's just stringing her along the whole time. And you have to see her go through the the pains of that. And at some point, I think she gets pregnant and has to deal with that. So, like, you get really deep character stuff in Slice of Life anime. Yeah. Um, I don't think you get as much of it in uh, action-adventure anime the way that you would, the way that this show mixes the two. Um, Like, there's a, a bit of it in Ava, for example, which I think this show takes a lot of... Um, a lot of inspiration from, mm. in that Evangelion 
was made to subvert the mecha genre. And that is really what it does in that it shows what a child soldier would actually do given the situation. And it really dives into what uh, it's like to be someone who is depressed in this world. Wait, um, pause. The mecha, mecha what who? Oh, mecha anime is um, like all the stuff with robots. So it's pretty, I, I was like, okay, I giant robots. Mm-hmm. And is that it? Is that like the singular that's, defining characteristic? That's the genre, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, because it, it varies. Like the the biggest in in the genre and the w- most well-known is Gundam, which... Uh, I've yes. heard of that one. Right. And and so that is like the template where these people are super excited to get in the robots and they're defending their honor and there's politics and everyone's real excited and, and no one's super flawed. They're just like, yeah, I'm the hero. And then you get things like Ava where it's uh, there's no real glory in what they're doing. It's a slog and you feel the emotional weight and trauma of having to do these missions and then you get further down into what is kind of a parody in fully Cooley in that you're exploring the the psychosexual aspects of uh of adolescence but you're also exploring it in a way that like you you have to watch this child deal with those things um on a physical and metaphysical way and it's not something that like really happens in uh in mecha anime very often and that like you don't get the adolescent aspects of it even if they are all teenagers okay and so this one i feel like really dives into that piece and uses the robots and the robot fights to just personify the internal struggle um because everyone has monsters fighting inside of them when they're adolescents they're called hormones baby right and of course the the giant robots that emerge from our character's head when they begin the process of emerging it very much looks like uh an unexpected unwanted erection inside somebody's pants right that but out of your forehead of course i mean that's where all my erections are but uh i had to have that surgically removed uh, we were going to, but, you know, healthcare system in America. It's rough. It is rough. Oh, I had to have a back alley r- r- robot forehead protrusion removal operation. Yeah. And those aren't cheap. No. You and know? they're very dangerous. They are. Like, I would say a 30% survival rate. Not You're very, a lucky I'm man. Very lucky. Yeah. I am missing two thirds of my head, though. Yeah, but no one really notices. You wear a lot of hats. Yeah. And I'm very distinct looking. Yeah, you know exactly. No, and now I do. I have a head for hats in a way I didn't before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. I also like that the the dad character who <laughs> is odd. <laughs> um. He is. He's the most. I would say like if there was a a big meta aspect to the care to the show. It's that he is this giant anime weeb. Who's like, who there are moments when like they're talking over it, but he's essentially going on a really big tirade about a specific anime. So like, there's a moment when now says that his dad wrote a dissertation on Evangelion. Um, and so <laughs> he's, I, he, I feel like is 
everyone watching the show okay. being like, oh, well, this is a reference to this thing. Or this is a, 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 I have another question. Yes. What is weeb? Oh, a weeaboo is a derogatory term for people who are super into Japanese culture to the point where um, it's embarrassing. Oh, so it's like when people use nerd in a derogatory sense. Right. Like, fucking nerd. Yeah. yeah Just yeah, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I got it. Cool. Yeah. Because um, it's usually like um, the the... If you had to make a poster for what a weeb is, it's you could imagine like a, a big white dude with stubble, a neck beard, a ponytail, and a kimono, like slicing uh, watermelons with his sword he bought from Comic-Con. You definitely painted a picture. Yep. yep. That's, a, that's a weeb. I've seen that guy. Yep. Yep. Now I know. Mm-hmm. And I, he probably will throw Japanese phrases into the middle of his normal speech. So he'll be like... Oh man, that was so kawaii. It made me real coy. <laughs> you get it because they sound similar, but like one's cute and one's scary. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> White people. I know. They're the worst. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, and I like that he lets Naota kind of do his own thing. Mm. Like there's, there are all these moments when he's talking to Naota and being like, look, you know, this lady's staying here, but you got to be careful about like your feelings. And he's, he's trying to be the voice of reason, but letting Naota make his own mistakes, Mm -hmm. um, which I really like. Um, And I also like the, the moment when you find out his dad was replaced with a robot um, and he is stuffed under, I think a sink covered in roaches um, yeah, that was my favorite part with the dad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, but, uh, beyond that, uh, the, the agent character with the giant, uh, seaweed eyebrows. Yeah. That guy who, um, who's RIP his eyebrows. Yeah. It's sad. Mm. Um, I, I do like that. It was literally, uh, seaweed scanned in and they use those as his eyebrows. Um, he, Really, I I like that the show went out of its way before everyone was talking about like the idea of toxic masculinity. Like that guy is that he's like, you want to be a man, you got to have giant eyebrows and you got to make sure that women don't control your emotions. Right. Um, and you can tell that he had uh, a previous relationship with Haruko. Um and it's like he's the he's the scorned ex who's trying to come in and uh, warn all the the new guys of being like this this girl's bad news, right, yo. Yep. Um, and I because I feel like that's a really good amount of world building too to show that like she's been up to this for a long time, right? And it's like a big generational thing. Um, I think that there were there may have been implications that there was someone before him as well. Um. And so every generation, this crazy lady on a Vespa comes along and hits you with a guitar, and now you start sprouting things from your forehead. So is it like is it like the Slayer? Like every generation, a Slayer is born, and it's just one girl in all the world with these powers, and then they die, and the power gets transferred. Is this a Buffy thing? Yeah. Have you, have you never watched Buffy? Um, I watched the fourth season. Maybe the sixth season, whatever season they started on CW, 
Um, uh, that was, well, no, originally for the first five years, the show ran on what was then the WB and has since become the CW. Yeah. And the final two seasons aired on UPN, which I think went away. Yeah. UPN, beca- oh, UPN and yeah, WB. They merged. That became, makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when it changed, when that change happened was so when season I six. started watching. Yeah. And I was like, did there's any, a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. Did any of that make any sense at all? I don't know. I was, right. I was in high school, and everyone was like, Buffy. And I was like, cool. I guess she's a robot. Oh, wait, nope. They brought oh, her back to life. There is a there is a Buffy bot, though. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, yeah, spoilers for Buffy, a, a 20-year-old show. Yeah, wow. It is about 20 years old. When yeah. it started, started in 97, I think. Well, yeah, because I didn't start watching until, like, 2004, and it's 2019 now, and I started in season six. So, like, yo, shit's old. Yeah, but no, Buffy's a great show. <laughs> yes um i feel like one day i'm gonna go back and watch it everyone tells me it's uh worth the review yes uh if you if you really want to commit you also watch angel and you watch them in broadcast order yeah i've i've heard that as well maybe from you probably from um you. that sounds like the type of shit i would say right I don't think I can commit that. I mean, like, if I break my leg and I have to stay right. at my house. Like, if you can literally cannot do anything else. Right. Then I will watch Buffy and Angel in concurrent order. That's like 12 seasons worth of programming, I believe. Seven yeah. of Buffy, five of Angel. So I will do that um, when I break my leg. Everyone out there, please don't show up to me and break my leg to make me watch Buffy because then I won't do it out of principle. Yeah. Don't do that. Okay. Lex has just pulled a bat out of his backpack and he's hitting it against his hand right now and winking and I hate it. (laughs) You look a little lost. (laughs) Oh, and two guys just showed up behind him and started hitting their fists with their hands and going, what are you going to do to him, boss? Um... (laughs) So I'm scared now. That's how they talk. Yeah. All of my friends talk that way. (laughs) They do. I'm glad we're not friends. (laughs) (laughs) Or you'd have to talk that way. Exactly. Yep. Oh, man. Um, But yeah, so those are my favorite aspects of the show. Okay. Yeah. I feel like, look, I definitely feel like I am learning things about the thing I watched. Because (laughs) I know, it's like I said up top, I had a good time watching it. I was consistently entertained. I, I still could barely tell you what happened, even after you walked me through almost all of it. I, I don't know that I could parrot that back to you. Right. But I do, I have, uh, uh, I've far more fully wrapped my head around all of this as metaphor for adolescence and, and discovering or attempting to discover who you are, uh, both as an individual and also potentially in some kind of relationship. I dig all of that. Yeah. I still, I feel so bewildered. I feel so, I'm adrift. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm on a little, I'm on a little raft oh. in the middle of the ocean. And I just figured out, like I made it a makeshift oar. Like mm-hmm. I just figured that out. And I don't know, like I'm still lost though. Like yeah. I, was like, I, I can make, I can make a little bit of motion now. I can, this forward momentum. I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm going. I'm confused. I need somebody to, to like airlift me out of there. Yeah. Which is uh, which is what you're attempting to do? Yeah, that's what I'm here for. Grab my, grab the rope, baby. D- make sure you don't spin. <laughs> make sure the wind is good. Um, <laughs> uh, but well, yeah, and I think that like I 
all the, after listing all the things that I really enjoy about it, I think something that was hard for me is watching it as an adult mm-hmm. in that like I can now see I don't I don't relate to the the adolescent pieces of it as much. Um and so like now I can just see those aspects of the relationship and understand that they're toxic. Um they they released a movie and then a sequel series. Um, I haven't had the chance to check those out, but I would be really interested in seeing how they continue to explore these characters. Are these also on Hulu? Um, the I think you'd have to find them on either the Funimation app or on the Adult Swim app because uh, they aired on Adult Swim before. Got it. Okay, so yeah, uh, you told me that I could find the dubbed version of the show on the Funimation app and yeah. the uh, original Japanese subtitled version on Hulu. Yeah. So I ended up splitting the difference. I watched about half of it uh, with the dub and half of it without the dub. Oh, nice. It's quite an experience. Oh, yeah. The 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 sub is a lot because there's a lot going on visually. And then and then in addition to that, they speak very quickly. Yes. Um, on top of one another, like especially in those manga sequences where uh, you're going panel to panel and there's like um, shit on the screen while they're talking on top of one another and just trying to keep track of that piece. Mm-hmm. Bonkers. Yep. And towards the end of the show as well, there are sequences like one of the final sequences of the show. There's voiceover happening, but there's also a conversation going on in the the, in the scene, like in the background of the audio track, but in the scene, and they have both subtitled simultaneously. Yeah. So my eyeballs are going bong, 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 <laughs> up and down on the screen trying to make sure I'm reading all of the information. Right. Because, yeah, this stuff happens rapidly and frequently overlapping. Yeah. I think what I, what I do find interesting watching the sub versus the dub is that um, since they were adapting it for an American audience, and there are a lot of, like, pop culture specific references seeing what they said in the dub versus what they said in the sub which was a very difficult process to to go back and forth in because they're on two different platforms right and so sometimes i would try to mark down a a spot that i wanted to check out to see what the specific reference was so like um in the scene where the robot goes to 7-eleven which in the Japanese, they call it something else. Right. They don't have, well, they have 7 Elevens now, probably. But um, it's just not as much of a, a cultural touchstone as it is in America. Right. But that, just that scene had so many pop culture references and things that they had to change and adapt for the American audiences. Cause like um, the grandpa wanted a specific nudie mag and with a specific uh, model in it. And so they, uh, I forget what the Japanese version of, but it was like some Japanese uh, model. Person. Um, and, but they ended up changing it to Hustler and um, not Jennifer Aniston, Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, she was also very big around that time. Yes. Um, she had a show. Now on, she's dead. On E? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, she's, uh, you're right. <laughs> yep. Yes, she is. That's true. It's very true. Yeah. Um, so I just, I find that part interesting. And I do really like that the original director and the creator was able to oversee it. Like, 
uh, fucking otaku weeb fans um, are always like, oh, you deviated from the original Japanese. But like these were choices that were specifically made um, by the creator. So I feel like they are approved and you can't complain about it because he, he, they were his choice, bro. Right. Like he, he wanted it that way. Right, and it's it's ultimately what we talk about all the time, how when people become a big, big fan of something and they internalize it to a certain extent, they have their own personal relationship with it, they get sometimes this weird sense of uh, entitlement or ownership over the thing, yeah. and the thing doesn't belong to you. It's why, you know, uh, anyone who wants to can take issue with, uh, for example, the changes George Lucas made to the original Star Wars movies, Yeah, and plenty of reasons to, but... They are his movies. Yeah. You know, he was allowed to do whatever he wanted. If that's what he wanted for those movies, then that's his prerogative. And it's not for me to say you're not allowed to do that or that's bad or whatever, because right. I didn't I don't actually own the thing. I only own my relationship with it. Having said that, man, like they got to make the original versions of those available legally <laughs> somewhere, man. Like not for nothing. Disney owns them now and Disney does not leave money on the table. Right. But that, to my point. Yeah, it, you, you develop this sort of toxic... And it makes people a little bit obnoxious. Yes. And that's how you end up with what you were just describing. People people who aren't aren't even from the world that uh, the art sprung from yeah. are taking issue with it not being the way... Like, not having the proper level of purity yeah. uh, for their particular taste. And man, like, you, you know, and if you've listened to this show in the past, you probably know, that stuff makes me so tired. I, yes. I, and I get it. It makes because I feel so the same. Tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. So, do you have any final thoughts about this um, show? Uh, I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I'm parroting the same thing over and over, but it's basically uh, boils down to: I was super entertained by this. Yeah. I was equally bewildered the entire time, but. I appreciate, especially with you laying it out for me the way you did, there's so much to appreciate there. Mm -hmm. Now, again, like I'm not an anime person, so is this going to be something I go back to time and time again? Not necessarily, but I have a great amount of appreciation for what's there and what they were able to accomplish. And uh, on top of that, I am not versed in that world, and I was still able to find a lot to appreciate. I'm glad. Um, I mean, I, 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 you're not as glad as I am, except for <laughs> no kidding. Like, I'm definitely the gladder of the two of us that I found some way in. <laughs> no, I'm more excited. This is you're, you're you're one step closer to to one day you're gonna be the guy with the ponytail and the stubble and the <laughs> and neck the beard I bought and the Comic-Con. sword. Yep. Yeah. And you're going to be like, whoa, watch me slice this watermelon. <laughs> I'm going to Naruto run away. Ooh. Um, that's going to be you. Oh. And you're one step closer. Every time I make you watch an anime, you're one step closer. I got to get out of here. <laughs> oh, look, he's Naruto running away. <laughs> he's sprouting <laughs> a ponytail as he goes. Um. Well, I'm glad that you were able to find enjoyment in it. I hope that if if you are listening to this and you haven't seen it, um, I feel like it's or if you have seen it, it's worth revisiting. If you haven't seen it and you've listened this far, I think that it's definitely worth your time to uh, to really watch and take in the artistry that's involved, um, the great dub 
and also uh, just the 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 really tight theming that they allowed to happen in this parody show that is much better than it has any right to be for a six min six episode miniseries. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Is six episodes? They're all. 25 to 30 minutes in length so you could knock this out in a few hours oh yeah um so i highly recommend it guys check it out um and make sure that you are you know like and subscribe make sure that you um talk to us on the social medias uh where can they find you lex i am on twitter and instagram at the lex michael and I'm at Tari J, T-E-R-I-J-A-Y. Uh, and you can also find this podcast at Missing Outcast. That's M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. Um, so we hope to hear from you and we hope to see you next week. Until then, this has been the Retrospective That's Introspective. And now you have a new perspective. Yeah. Also, yeah, for sure, get at us. <laughs> get at us vr one person publicity department nice what up the re- i promise one day you will reap the rewards one one day <laughs> uh, uh uh the actual content of the rewards tbd <laughs>